Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Oh, hey, and welcome to My Business Playbook. It is so good to be with you this lovely day. I've got to tell you, I turned 30 on Thursday, and it feels pretty good to be in the 30s club. I I feel excited about it. I feel like, yes, this is a new era, and... Yeah, I think I feel good. I read this book by Nora Ephron. Uh, my, my sister Millie gave it to me. Well, she didn't give it to me. She lent it to me, but I, I probably won't ever give it back. Um, it's called I Feel Bad About My Neck. And if you are like someone who I'm trying to think what her sense of humor is like. Well, actually, if you loved the movie Sleepless in Seattle and When Harry Met Sally, you'll love that book. But it's all about the funny things that we do as women. And one thing she says is she's like, you know, when you you turn 40, you realize, what the heck was I thinking at the age of 30? I should have been, one thing she said, she's like, if I could go back, I'd be wearing a bikini every single day of my life at at 26, she says. And I'm kind of like, okay, cool. I I gotta get amongst that energy of like, right, now's my time. You know, 30s, it's a great age. So here I am, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excited. And reading a bit of that Nora Ephron, um, I Feel Bad About My Neck, that book is amazing. So highly recommend. Also, if you have any novels, any uh, books that you think I'd like, send them my way. Like, send me the link because I'm always down. Like, I just sometimes I love reading business books, but sometimes I do feel like it's just so nice sitting in the sun, having a cup of tea, reading a good novel um or a good memoir i'm like all about that so hey if you have any book recommendations send them my way anyway i just thought i'd share that because now i'm 30 and i'm wise and you know it's it's all part of the journey um anyway what are we talking about today today we're actually joined by a really special guest her name is katie griffin and we're talking all things google ads i i don't know if i've really properly run Google ads in my business. So this is a really great conversation. I think it's really cool because sometimes we think, oh my gosh, I need to do everything at once. But I really loved this conversation with Katie because she really is going to help you to identify, okay, is this the right strategy for me and my business right now? Which I really loved that Katie wasn't like, no, every single person must do Google ads. I really appreciated that she was kind of pretty real about, okay, it's really good for these types of businesses and here's why. So If you've ever thought about running Google ads, you're going to love this conversation. Katie is beautiful. She has a really cool vibe. And just to give you a little bit of context about Katie, she's a Google ads expert. She's a trainer and she's a systems geek. Uh, She runs all of the things through her Google ads agency at katiegriffin.com. This is where she helps digital marketers and agency teams cut through the tricky tech to create seriously profitable Google ads for their clients. Yes. Love that. That's a great tagline. Um, That's awesome. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to dive into our conversation with Katie. I hope that you love it and I hope that you leave with clarity on your Google ad strategy or whether or not it's the right strategy for you. You're going to love it. Let's dive in. Well, Katie, it is so good to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us. I have been following you on Instagram for a while. I have 
been loving all of your content. You are my go-to recommendation for anything to do with Google ads. And I want to know, you know, we're going to dive into kind of the ins and outs of Google ads. But firstly, I want to know, like, how did you kind of fall into what you're doing now? I know that you, you coach people on their ads, you coach people on how to also like kind of run their own ads programs and things like that. How did you kind of come to be where you are now? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And second of all, that's so embarrassing that you follow me on social media coming from someone that's like good at social media because I feel like I severely lack in that department. But anyway, I'll move on. Um, <laughs> I originally got started with Google Ads. I sort of came through the back route, I guess. Um, yeah. I used to have my own e-commerce business and was like the business owner looking for ways to grow the business and mm. was dabbling in and was doing it all myself. So was looking at like Facebook ads and SEO and all these different channels. And it didn't, in particular with SEO, I, the, I don't know, theory and strategy didn't really click with me. And then I started diving deep on like Google ads and I heard about it on a podcast and I thought, I'll give this a go. And the premise of Google ads really resonated with me and it really clicked in my brain. I'm a really numbers-based person, um, huge geek, love spreadsheets, that sort of stuff. So I really like the ability to see that I could spend, you know, X amount of dollars on one day and that led to X amount of sales that had X amount of revenue. And that was a really like clear way. It was really neat in terms of tying one thing to the other. And I just had my, my, or my, my first baby was probably about a year old and I was not wanting to be the business owner, trying to do all the things anymore. And there was a job position coming up or that opened up at an agency in Melbourne uh, for a Google Ads specialist agency. And I was like, I'm going to go and I want to learn more about this and I want to transition agency side. So I worked at that agency for a couple of years and it's called Web Savvy. It's one of the best um, Google Ads agencies worldwide in terms of its reputation. And it was such a great uh, business and company to learn all that I could and deep dive on Google Ads. Then inevitably I had my second baby and was like, I don't know if I can do the commute into the city every day. And, you know, mm. that dilemma sort of pops up and decided to um, start my own business. But really with the goal, I remember sitting with my husband being like, you know, what do I do? Do I go back to my job, which is I love, or do I start my own business? And I really had this goal to create a course that was designed for me when I was the e-commerce business owner, not knowing how to run my own ads and was just sort of fumbling through. Yeah. And I wanted to impart that knowledge to other people because with all, um, you know, digital marketing, there's always going to be people, there's always going to be those flashy agencies that sell you on something and then deliver nothing. And there's, it's really hard to find reputable people in the digital marketing space. Mm. So I wanted to give people the alternative that you don't have to outsource. You can learn this yourself and it's very achievable and you can run profitable ads without having to, you know, hire someone to do that because inevitably when you hire someone, you're paying an outsourcing fee, which cuts into your profitability again. And it leaves small businesses in this dilemma where they're like, well, I could either outsource, but it probably doesn't make the best sense when you factor in spend and yeah. costs and all that sort of stuff. Or I could learn myself, but there's no one teaching how to do it. So that was really what my goal was with starting the business. And now our um, my business is split pretty much down the middle between like done for you. So the person spending over 5K, 10K a month on ads and doesn't want to do it themselves and wants to outsource yeah. and can afford to yeah. pay that fee. And then the core side of the business where we teach um, both digital marketers looking to add another service to their offering or the business owner wanting to learn themselves. I know that was a really long <laughs> way of telling you how I got here, but that's sort of the backstory on how I 
fell in love with Google Ads. And I know, and I, I love hearing your story because it's so, it's really cool to hear how people go from, you know, running their own business in a different area and then going, mm. okay, actually this one part of the business I really love. So I think that's, that's super fascinating. So if someone, and like, I'm just going to ask you the most basic questions ever because Go for it. I, you know, when it comes to Google ads, I'm like, we don't really use Google ads much in our business. So this is like kind of, you're just giving me a coaching session here, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know. I'll send you the bill afterwards. Yeah. Send me the bill. That's perfect. Um, I want to know why should a business be investing in Google ads and, and how do we know if it's the right fit for our business? Yeah, so it's it can be really confusing because I think there's been such a focus in the last probably five to ten years on Facebook ads, and that's particularly mm. been it's a it's really quick to get involved in that and to see quick wins. Um, where Google's really complicated, it's actually a lot more of a complicated platform. It's yeah. not very user friendly when you first get in there, and it can be really overwhelming, which leads to a lot of wasted spend. Um, and I guess when I'm first teaching people the difference. Oh, what Google Ads is about, it's really helpful to bookmark that against or can compare that against Facebook ads. When you're on Facebook, you're targeting people that are interested in something or they, you know, they're on an audience list, you're remarketing to them or what have you. So it's more of like a targeting cold people that aren't actively looking for a solution. Yeah. On Google Ads, you're targeting people that are on Google searching for a solution. So it's different frame of mind. It's not targeting people based on what audience profile they fit into. It's targeting people based on what keywords are they searching? What are they looking for? They're mm-hmm. usually higher purchase intent with Google ads, if you're using the right keywords that is and the right targeting, it's usually higher purchase intent because they're not on a social media platform browsing their friends' reels or Instagram stories or posts or whatever in a Facebook group. They're actually searching for a solution on Google. Yeah. So the strength of Google lies in the fact that people have recognised that they've got a problem and they're searching for something to fix it. Whether that be a problem is they want a gingham dress or whether the problem is they want nude heels Whatever it is, they're searching for those. So when you're targeting people on Google, you're using keywords or you're shopping ads that are trying to match what you sell to what someone's searching for, essentially. Yeah, so cool. So is there a different strategy that you have for a product-based business versus a brick-and-mortar business versus a service provider? Like, I'm sure that there are different kind of strategies that you use for each. How does that work? Yeah, so it's for those sort of different businesses, the main things would really be the campaign type. So for a shopping business, you're able to use things called shopping campaigns, which are, you know, those ads that have like an image and a price and you would see them all around when you're shopping for things on Google. And so you can, that's a different campaign than you would use for a service-based business or, you know, a brick and mortar type business that doesn't have, you can't buy things online. Mm. So there's different campaigns that you'd use, so strategy based on, you know, different account structure. But the strategy overall is quite similar in that you're trying to target people that have already recognised what they're looking for. So I really teach in my program that we're not looking to bid on keywords. So you, you decide which keywords you want to bid on. We're not looking to bid on keywords that indicate someone's still in the information gathering stage. So that might be, say, if someone has acne, that might be someone searching for acne on face. Like That's not necessarily indicating that they're looking for a product to purchase. If they're looking for cleanser that helps with acne, that's a different search term. That's a different search. So it's really educating around, we're not trying to get, we're not trying to show an ad every time someone is searching for our product. We're trying to show an ad to the right keywords at the right time when the right person is searching. So that's how a lot of people waste money is because they assume that um, 
say for me, that would be me bidding on everyone that's searching for Google Ads, whereas only probably 1% of those people are looking for a course on Google Ads. So go that one step further and bid on course for Google Ads or Google Ads Mm. course. Don't just bid Mm. on how to learn Google Ads because I'm competing with a blog post, a YouTube video. So it's really about identifying what about your business or your client's businesses indicate that someone is interested to convert because what we're trying to do is convert. I really um, push against the notion that Google Ads is a great um, brand awareness tool. It's it's actually not. Like Facebook's a great brand awareness tool, Facebook ads, in that you can run ads to people that haven't quite identified that they have a problem yet. Like this happens to me all the time. And I often give these examples in my emails in that, like I saw, I got targeted by like some bath glitter one time and I was like, ooh, I love that. That looks great. Or like I'll get targeted by some <laughs> hair thing that it arrives and it's absolutely crap, but it looked amazing on the ad. <laughs> and the power of the Instagram or the Facebook ad has like converted me. But I'm not actually searching for like hair bun twisty thing on Google. So yes, one yeah. is trying to sort of bring the product to awareness. That's not the role of Google. The role of Google is capturing that demand. So it's demand capturing rather than demand generating or awareness generating. And so anyone that's like, I want to grow my business, I want to build my brand awareness. I'm like, okay, well, don't use Google ads. You can, but you won't see performance. You can use Google mm-hmm. ads in a different couple of different ways for that, but don't expect to get conversions. So as long as yeah. you're prepared with that, I mean, I've had a few big names in the course industry approach me about running ads for them, Google ads. And I'm like, I don't think it's the best thing for your business because promoting a lead magnet, that's a free lead, lead magnet, for example, it might cost you 70 or $80 to get that opt-in on Google ads. It probably cost you 5 or $10 on Facebook. Stick to Facebook. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess it's really identifying, like, what are you trying to achieve? Is there demand for that? If there's no demand for it already, then don't use Google ads. In a lot of areas, there is a lot of demand and both Facebook and Google will be a great platform to test. But like, for example, my business, I don't use really Google ads for my business because the people I'm trying to get on my email list or get to purchase my um, mini course or get to download my lead magnet, they're not really at the stage that they, they're not actively searching for like a Google ads free keyword video series or something like that. They're on Facebook and I yeah. show them an ad and they're like, oh, I didn't realise I needed that. I'll um I'll opt in. So yeah. it is not yeah, it's not it's not for every business. It's really about demand, demand capturing rather than building that awareness. Oh, that's such a good I love how you make the distinction between those two things because I think for a lot of people, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when people say to me, I need to sort out my SEO, I'm kind of like, your return on investment of time and money if you're gonna outsource things and all of that side of things, I'm like, what is the overarching strategy? So it sounds like even with Google ads and with Facebook ads, whatever strategy you choose, so long as it actually forms part of your overall strategy. Yeah. Like you can't, there needs to be a reason. Like is it, it's not just another shiny thing to test. And when I say that, a lot of the time, like 90% of businesses are suited to Google ads. But if it's someone that is just like, I've heard Google ads are good, like, get me on it. It's like, well, have you maxed out the potential on the channel that's actually performing really well for you? If Facebook ads yeah. are, go- are doing really well, put more energy there first and max out your potential there before exploring another platform because inevitably mm. when you go to another platform, SEO, Facebook ads, Google ads, whatever it is, there's always a learning curve and there's always time where it takes time to dial in your targeting and get things working well. And if you already have, I mean, I have that same situation in my business where I've, Facebook ads work really well and I don't really need to explore other, like I don't want to get on TikTok or I don't want to do, I'm not interested in doing other things. I'm looking for like ROI and I'm getting really good ROI from Facebook at the moment. And until I sort of max out my 
ability to continue yeah. to build the business on that, I'm, I'm not going to look for another channel. So you, you just have to be, um, you know, you can't be spread too thin, and especially if you're a business owner. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So what do you think of the, for someone who identifies, okay, Google ads is the right strategy for my business. And, and I would say like, actually just to back up, do you think that all e-commerce businesses should be running Google ads in some capacity? Um, I'm really loath to say all because I'm like, there's caveats, but there will be yeah. caveats to that. You really need to understand the holistic part, the holistic framework of your business. So I've got a client recently that I actually suggested that we pause their management for a little bit because their average order value is about $50 and it's really tricky to make Google ads work on a small, smaller average order value because if you're paying $20 to get that sale, that doesn't mm. leave much wiggle room for profitability. So there has to be some sort of understanding on what's your repeat rate, like how many times does someone buy? If they, if they buy that $50 product and it's a subscription and they sign up for an average of six months, great. That's I would continue with the $50 AOV product or average yeah. order value, you know, store. But if it's something that they only purchase once, then, you know, probably not. So yeah. it's about evaluating those sort of different things. I usually say $50 is around about the threshold, but there's always there's always caveats to that because I've had a student before that had a sticker business and it was a low, it was probably a $20 average order value, but then she knew that someone would purchase on average five times over a year, which yeah. made she acquired them once and she was able to retain them via email marketing and other avenues. So right. It is really important to have some sort of understanding of that. There are, in the majority of cases, of e-com cases, yes, um, Google Ads is worth testing. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean, though, that it will work because there will always be, um, the analogy I use is, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. If your website is crap and it doesn't convert well, yeah. you know you've got really a lot of issues in navigation or you've already got a poor conversion rate. Google Ads can't fix that. It'll just send more people to a site that's converting poorly. So yeah. you do need to have some sort of understanding about how does your website convert. If it's around about that 2 to 3% mm -hmm. and over, then likely it might be a good thing to test. But if it's 0.5% and you're looking to spend more money to fix that issue, spend it on conversion rate optimization or website redesign. Don't spend it on Google Ads. And, mm. yeah, so there, there are always parameters around you can – get the best qualified traffic to a site. But if the site doesn't perform or it doesn't have the products that the person's looking for, then it won't. It, it's mm -hmm. never going to work. So there does have to be an yeah. understanding about, okay, am I starting with a solid framework here? I usually say if your organic site isn't performing, don't throw more money at it through ads. Fix your organic conversion rate first. Yeah. And then, because if, if people are actually coming to you organically through um, direct search, as in typing in your URL, they really should be the most qualified people to convert and if they're not converting then cold people on um yes. google ads or facebook are not going to fix the issue that's amazing and and you're saying that the standard conversion rate or like the one we're shooting for is between well, two I to mean, three percent i usually say well it depends like when i'm looking at a google ad account i'm looking at the stats that i can impact as a google ads manager and that are things those are things like targeting bids all those optimizations in the account but i can't fix conversion rate through ads. Mm. So mm -hmm. um, I've got a client, the $50 average order value client that uh, I manage, her site converts great. It's like 6%. And so it's working really well, but it's just that I'm like, I think we need to bump, get that AOV bumped up a little bit more before we test or we, we resume management. So yeah. anything above the 2%, it's, it could be viable, but anything below that, I'm like, don't, you know, don't even try. 
initially at least. Again, there will always be caveats to that because like if you're selling a house and the house or that you're selling a really expensive product and the product is worth $10,000 or $50,000 or a booking is worth, you know, a, a really large amount of money, then you can afford to have a lower conversion rate. It just, mm. those those factors will always be toggled, yeah. those metrics. That's that's really good. And for anyone listening who doesn't understand how to calculate their conversion rate, just like on a really simple level, even just from organic traffic, how do we actually calculate our conversion rate? Yeah, at the most basic level, it's basically how many orders did you get? How many people came to the site? So if you got three orders and you had 200 people come to the site, that's a 1.5% conversion rate, three divided by 200. If you had 10 orders and you had 200 people, that's a 5% conversion rate. So it's really just number of actions that you wanted to happen. So if you're a lead gen site, that might be number of phone calls or um, number of people that filled in your contact us form. And Mm. it'll vary. For lead generation, it varies wildly. There's no real set like average conversion rate because it'll depend on the offer and the the landing page and there's so many different variables. Um, So there is no, like I can tell you off the top of my head that for my lead magnet, it's a 40% conversion rate. 40% of people that go to that page end up signing up for it. But it's a free product. So obviously it's going to have a, it should have a higher conversion rate. You're yes. asking people to, to purchase a product. It'll be lower than that. But there needs to be some sort of understanding on like if you're an e-commerce business owner, you should know things like what is your conversion rate? How many orders do you get? And how many people have come to the site? And look at it on like a monthly basis. Like, okay, in April, we had 500 people that came to the site. We had 50 orders. Okay, that's a 10% conversion rate. That's awesome. Mm, Imagine what would happen if you put more people onto that. So, yeah. It's so good. And it's something that comes up a lot, you know, when because we teach people a lot in our programs around Facebook ads. And Google ads has been something that, as I said, we haven't really done much with. But the thing I always say to my clients is, exactly what you were saying like if it doesn't perform well organically don't throw money Mm. at it and expect a different result it's like me picking up a guitar and not knowing how to play a single chord and then plugging it into an amplifier and expecting that all of a sudden I'm gonna sound like I don't know who's really the bad uh, noise is just gonna be amplified yeah totally so I think it's it's really about I think it's this weird game isn't it where we have to diagnose and be very specific with our diagnosis of what a problem is rather than just being like, Mm -hmm. oh, my ads aren't working or this particular part of the business isn't working or the marketing isn't working. We have to really go, okay, well, like you were saying, if you're getting landing page views and you're getting the traffic of the right people to that page and that page isn't converting, that tells us something about the page. It tells us something about the offer. It tells us something about the messaging or maybe the design. So, all the targeting as well. Like those, it, it, there's so many different elements. Yeah. I always like to say, is this a problem that ads can fix? Is this a problem that will mm. be solved by ads? And there are things that I can control. I can do the best strategy in the world or the best optimizations in the world. But you might add, like I, I gave a, I did a podcast interview with um, Rick Mulready recently where I went through how I didn't touch my Facebook ads, but they reduced in cost per acquisition by like 80 bucks, whatever it was. By doing things on the back end, website optimizations, um, flow yeah. optimizations, things like that, it can be really short-sighted to see ads not performing, Google ads don't work, or ads not performing and Facebook ads suck. It mm. is more of a broader conversation around, okay, well, maybe they didn't work. Maybe the targeting was there could be things in the ad account that need fixing, like targeting, um, 
optimizations, that sort of stuff, yes, 100%, because there's a lot of really poorly executed ad accounts or ad strategies. But also, what if the ad account's performing really well? What happens if we made a change on the um, checkout page or that increase the checkout, the conversion rate by 1%? Yeah. That's going to have a bump in your ad performance as well. So they're not too isolated ads and your website or ads in your offer or ads in your business don't operate independently. They rely on each other to um, to work and you can't expect, mm. it's not a magic, like Google ads are going to work 100% of the time. Oh, I, I think that's so good because that's the big thing that, you know, we really believe that your marketing is kind of like an ecosystem where all of the things exist together. And it's kind of like if you think about your health, if you have like for me, I've really struggled with acne for like a really long time. And if I go to see a naturopath, they'll be like, okay, well, there could be something to do with your gut. There could be something to do with your hormones. It could be something to do with the fact that you're stressed all the time or like <laughs> any of those things, right? And so I think that we kind of have to treat our businesses in the same way where it's like all of these things are contributing factors to our overall success in business, our success in our marketing and our sales. So the ads and the targeting of the ads and the the way we know our customer, our offer, our all of these things, they, they connect together and none of them, like I totally love how you've said that they don't work independently. They're not standalone strategies. They all kind of plug in together. And when we get them clicking in, and they start to work, that is such an epic moment. But it, it takes time, right, to get all of those things working together. It does. And that's why I recommend, like, if you are the business owner and you are trying to improve things, try one thing at a time. Like, don't try Facebook ads and Google ads and SEO and PR and whatever it is at the same time because it would be really hard to pinpoint, A, you're stretching yourself, you're probably doing all of them not great, but B, mm. it's really hard to identify or which one is causing the overall impact or which one should I stop or which one, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to see through the trees if you've got too many things going on. And it's also really great to be able to focus on fixing one problem at a time. So yeah. I know we had a conversation before we started recording in that you um, are getting a new website done and I've recently had a new website done as well. And like, that's a big project. So I was focusing on that for one for a couple of months and then I'm going to move on to focusing on I'm doing going to do some PR work I've never done that before so I've got sort of other things dialed in so it's like okay now I can start to explore channels or avenues that I haven't um, had time or inclination to do in the past but if I was to go and try everything all at once and try and do them well it's it's not going to work and you're probably mm. going to get really overwhelmed and lose money yeah so so true can I ask I want to know about some of the myths that you hear when it comes to Facebook ads. And my first question is how does organic SEO, how does that relate to Google ads or are they kind of completely separate things? They're separate and like, which is good because I have no idea when it comes to SEO, I'm like the worst person. People often ask like, <laughs> do you also do SEO? I'm like, no, I do not. I suck at SEO. Um, they're totally different and they're really, they're different um, execution. Like I don't know really a lot about SEO at all. And they've got some of the similar principles, but overall they use different, you know, they're different tools. And I know it gets confusing because they're both usually executed for Google, like Google Organic and yes. Google Paid, but they are very independent and they don't have a flow and effect to each other. So you don't have to have an SEO optimized site 
to be able to have Google Ads success. You do need to have an optimized an optimized site, but it doesn't have to have be, be SEO optimized. Um, right. And that the results of one rarely impact the results of the other. The only thing that would really impact would be, you know, your brand search or whatnot. But my view on SEO is that Google's preference, not preference, but Google's um, priority in my view, and I'll probably rock the boat with SEO specialists. I, I think they're still 100% needed and valid. But when it comes to demand capturing on people, Google's baby is Google Ads. Like they get, I think the last time I pulled the stat, it was something like 80% of their internal revenue comes from Google Ads. So it's not going wow. away. They, mm. A lot of people, they're making it more innocuous and um, like you, you, a lot of the time you can't even tell you're clicking on an ad, which is the goal. You have to scroll down the first page usually to hit organic results if they're up because you can have up to four paid ads above the fold and also nine shopping ads in one auction. So organic is great and that's where I see it complements the strategy of being those more informational-based searches, so people that are searching for a Google Ads specialist, for example. And if I had a find you what I was doing with the SEO, I might optimise my site around that, but I wouldn't bid on it on Google Ads. I don't want to pay for those clicks, but I'm willing to take them for free on the organic side. Yes, so I sort of see them working cool. tandem that Google's strength relies on that sort of mid to bottom of the funnel and SEO has a really big part to play in that top to mid funnel. So they kind of overlap a little bit, but yeah, yeah they're totally independent. Okay, cool. No, that's really, really cool. Are there any other myths that you hear a lot? I mean... Not a myth, but Google, my personal view is that I always say to people, like, basically ignore what Google are telling you to do, their recommended options, because a lot of their recommended options are lining their pockets pretty well. They want you to set up one campaign, they'll spend money, have no targeting, and they love it because they get their ad revenue, whereas it's usually not the best thing for the business. So I always, my standpoint is, like, ignore what Google's telling you to do, and it is important to get some training or upskilling, understanding what you're doing inside Google Ads because it is really easy to bleed money and not get yeah. a lot of performance. Mm-hmm. And I guess the other, not myth, but again, something I'm really passionate about is when you're outsourcing, if you do choose to go down the outsourcing path, it is Google Ads is a really hard platform to specialise in and to master because it changes quite often and it's quite intricate in terms of like as a specialist. And a lot of people, a lot of agencies will be like SEO specialists or Facebook ad specialists or content marketing specialists. And then they're just like, tacked on the Google Ads side of things. So I really am conscious of teaching people that make sure you upskill at least a little bit so that you can understand and project manage and know whether your agency or your freelancer is doing a good job. Yeah. Because the amount of accounts that we take on from big, big agencies that are like, what has been going on here? Is um, wow. It's pretty phenomenal. And that, that person might have been with that, that agency for 12 months and spent five grand on outsourcing fees. And that account hasn't been touched in months. So it is, I, even if you are outsourcing, I recommend, I've got a student at the moment that uh, she's outsourcing and she's going through my course and we're working on really her basically project manage, managing the person that's running the ads that, and with the view to her taking them over eventually. But she can now, once she's got some training, actually spot the holes in what they're doing and question, why are you doing it this way? Or what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Rather than just being like, oh, I guess they're a specialist and I have no idea what I'm doing and it must be working. They're telling me I'm getting 10,000 impressions a month. That sounds great. Yes. yes. That would be my other myth is that like vanity metrics like impressions mean nothing. Don't report on them. It doesn't matter how many times people saw seen your ad. I don't care. Yes. Like report on things like conversions, conversion value, actionable metrics that actually mean something. Yeah. That's so, so good. So for anyone who's thinking about outsourcing, 
when do you think is a good time for someone to start outsourcing? Like, do you have kind of a metric of, hey, you should DIY until this point and then consider outsourcing? How, how does that kind of look? Our general rule of thumb is that until you reach about the $5,000 a month on ad spend, which is quite a bit of money, like it's, I think it's like $150 a day or whatever it is, nearly $200 a day. And until you hit that mark, it is trickier to outsource in terms of like, and this is one of the reasons I uh, suggested one of my clients pause a couple of weeks ago is that they were only spending about 3K and when you combine an agency fee on top of a small ad spend, the return on ad spend, the profitability is always going to look worse because you're also outsourcing on a small ad spend. So there is mm. sometimes reasons like a three, you know, if you're planning to scale the account, for example, like maybe someone over 2K, but I would never recommend someone outsourcing on, to me at least, I really shy away from people outsourcing under the 2K mark. But around yeah. the 5K is when it's usually time to get someone that is more hands-on managing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you lump, if you, say if you're paying even $1,000 a month on, which is a pretty reasonable agency fee, if you're paying $1,000 a month on a $2,000 ad spend, suddenly your ad spend, let's pretend that agency fee is ad spend, your ad spend is $3,000. It's gone up by a third so or a half, yeah. whatever it is. So it suddenly any conversions, that cost per acquisition is going to shoot up that return on ad spend is going to shoot down because you also have to absorb that cost of agency gotcha. fee. Whereas if you know I'm running a client account that's fifty grand a month, it's really easy to lump a fifty, you know, two grand on top of that. It absorbs really quickly and it doesn't affect the profitability. Yeah, because it's the same amount of like legwork for of, you to set it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's such a good framework to follow. Yeah, my big piece of advice to anyone who wants to outsource. Facebook ads or Google ads? Well, number one, if you're going to outsource Google ads, make sure you check out Katie's products because we're going to link them in the show notes and they're really going to help you to know what you're doing so that you can really have ownership over the process. You're not kind of abdicating your responsibility as the business owner because ads and lead flow and all of these things, whatever channel you're using, it is your responsibility to be across that. You need to understand it. You need to be in the know and you can't just close your eyes and hope for the best and not be invested in it because you're spending money and you want to make sure that you are seeing a return. So if you want to outsource your Google ads, if someone is like, okay, cool, I think Google ads is the right strategy for me right now. Can you let us know, Katie, where you think they should start? We're going to link your products, but where, like what's step one for them for working with you? Yeah. So we typically, if you're ready to outsource and you do you kind of have an account and it's up and running. You can head to everything's on my website, katiegriffin.com. We've got done for you on there. So the agency side and also our um, digital products and course information is there as well. Yeah, really understanding, first of all, how does your organic performance look? Looking at those sort of metrics. And also, like you said, I think it's really important. You do need to be across things when you're outsourcing. You do have to be a project manager and understand what's going on. It's, I wish you could trust everyone that you outsource to, but often mm. people really take that trust and they will run with it. Um, and particularly on the Google side, like you're paying for each click, every click that you get on Google ads, you're paying for. So you want to make sure that they're getting bang for your buck. Like I understand on the SEO side, you're not paying for each of those clicks. So the targeting, it's not like you're bleeding money every time your SEO person makes a mistake. You, you're paying for those with ads. So yeah. make sure that you're across what's been going, what's, what's happening. Yeah. Love it. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to link all of Katie's website, socials, all the things in the show notes. Where is the best place for someone to connect with you and, and chat with you further, Katie? Yes. So the best place is if you go to the website, you can 
navigate around there and have a time of your life. And then also on social media, I'm at katiegriffin underscore on Instagram. And don't, like I said, my social presence isn't stellar, but <laughs> go and um, send me a DM and let me know that you've listened to the podcast and that'll always give me a little kick. Yes. Uh, hey, I love your social media. I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> I guess I just are... don't know what I'm doing. So I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're incredible. Well, Katie, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I love the way you kind of simplify the Google ad space because it can be a bit of a minefield. It can be confusing. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with such like simplicity and clarity. It's amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to be on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Well, I hope that you found that super helpful and practical for you. I have one final ask for you today. Actually, no, I have two asks. Number one, if you want to know more about Google Ads, head on over to the show notes because we've actually got a link to Katie's got this awesome Google Ads bootcamp. And so if you want to check that out, head to the link in the show notes. If you're like, yes, I need to do Google Ads, then head there because that's going to give you a really good way to get started and to start well. So definitely check that out. Second thing is, if you loved this episode and if you love my business playbook, if you think we're kind of cool, then please share this episode with a business buddy. And if you really, really love it, please leave us a review. I read every single review and I really appreciate it. So if you can leave us a review on Apple, that would be amazing. It just helps us to get more people like you listening to the podcast. And I'm totally here for that. Alrighty, my friend, I will see you back here same time, same place next week. You know what to do. Go get them.